Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and craziest side of tech available on the interwebs. I am your technology junkie, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, a 19-year-old has made over a million dollars hunting software bugs for large corporations. Scientists just pulled CO2 from the air and turned it back into coal. And happening in this week's What The, newlyweds were shocked after a wedding crasher seen in a video walked off with a box full of cards filled with cash. That and a whole lot more coming up on today's edition of your weekly tech update next. Hi everyone. I have a friend who seems to uh, do nothing but chase bugs in the matrix within his company. And I'm sure he's rethinking his uh, pay after seeing this story. You can make a lot of money as an ethical hacker. If you want to know more, just ask 19-year-old Argentina native Santiago Lopez. Lopez is the first person to surpass 1 million in rewards on Hacker One. It's a bug bounty platform that offers money in exchange for finding security vulnerabilities in IT systems from participating companies. Now, since joining HackerOne, he's found, get this, more than 1,670 security flaws in products and services from Verizon to Twitter to WordPress and even government offices. He's a self-taught hacker as well who only got started three years ago by reading blogs and watching YouTube videos. But what got him interested in the field was a 90s movie. An awesome movie, by the way. I didn't know it existed until I saw the movie Hackers, which opened up a whole new world for me, he said in a Q&A with HackerOne. As I learned more, I realized that I was naturally drawn to the types of challenges and problem-solving opportunities associated with hacking. Lopez didn't find his first software bug until he was 17, and even then, he was only awarded 50 bucks, but over time, he's refined his skills and focused on finding as many bugs as he can in the shortest period possible. Uh, I know that they say quality before quantity, but quantity is what I like, he said. I see hacking as a natural job, so I tend to hack between six to seven hours per day. The largest bounty he's ever been awarded was $9,000 for a server-related vulnerability that could allow remote takeover. However, he specializes in finding software bugs that can let hackers bypass normal application processes to access protected resources, such as files and database records. Yes, my friends and family know that I am a hacker, Lopez added. The first time I told them, they could not believe it. They viewed the hacker as a bad person who robbed people. They did not think it was possible that a hacker could be good and make money legally. So far, HackerOne has awarded over $45 million in bug bounties. Days after Lopez became the first person to surpass the $1 million mark, another hacker on the platform, Mark Litchfield, also passed the $1 million bug bounty reward totals as well. So it's entirely possible that even if you've never gotten into the field of hacking before, starting today, three years from now, you could be a millionaire. 
I grew up a Star Trek kid, and I will not rest until I see the world as it was shown in Star Trek. And we're getting closer and closer all the time. Under the cover of night and the dark glow of nine car-sized rocket engines, a new era of U.S. space flight has lifted off from Kennedy Space Center. At 2.49 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, SpaceX, the aerospace company founded by Elon Musk, rocketed its Crew Dragon spaceship into orbit for the very first time. The maiden flight of Crew Dragon marks the first time ever that a commercial spaceship designed for humans has left Earth. More importantly, it's the first time in eight years that any American spaceship made for people has been launched into orbit. The seven-person space capsule is designed for NASA astronauts, but no people are flying on board right now. Instead, the roughly six-day-long demonstration mission called Demo-1 is bringing 400 pounds of cargo and a female crash test dummy named Ripley to the International Space Station. However, the stakes couldn't be higher. Ever since NASA retired its fleet of space shuttles in July of 2011, the U.S. has relied on Russian rockets and ships to taxi astronauts to and from the ISS. William Gertenmeyer, NASA's Associate Administrator for Human Exploration and Operations, has called Demo-1 an absolutely critical first step towards eventually returning crewed launch capability back here to the U.S. Crew Dragon rode into space atop a roughly 23-story tall Falcon 9 rocket. The vehicle launched from Launch Complex 39 Alpha, a historic site from which Apollo astronauts launched to the moon, and space shuttles sent up major sections of the ISS. Next, Crew Dragon must successfully dock with the football field-sized orbiting laboratory, drop off its cargo, and then return its artificial passenger back to Earth. That happens over the next week. If that all goes according to plan, SpaceX could launch its first flesh-and-blood crew members, NASA astronauts Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley, as soon as July. SpaceX is no stranger to space station deliveries. The rocket company got its start with NASA in 2010 by developing an uncrewed Dragon cargo spaceship, which has now successfully flown to the ISS 16 times. Dragon's success was part of the reason that NASA awarded SpaceX a $2.6 billion contract back in 2014 to develop and certify its Crew Dragon capsule. Once it's astronaut ready, the plan is for SpaceX to launch six operational missions to the space station. In more Elon Musk space news, we should have a logo for it by now, shouldn't we? We've sent a lot of unusual things to space now. Guitars, AI robots, even a golden record. But none of that compares to what Elon Musk sent up at the start of 2018. His very own U.S. $100,000 cherry red convertible Tesla Roadster. With the top down and a dummy at the steering wheel listening to David Bowie strapped to the most powerful operational rocket in the world, no less, the Falcon Heavy, since its launch a year ago, it's been a year. It's probably safe to say that the Roadster has traveled farther than any other car in human history. In fact, it's estimated to be about equal to driving every single road in the world 22 times. So the question is, exactly where is this Roadster now? 
Right now, the Roadster is traveling through space at thousands of kilometers per hour, faster than most fighter jets, but unlike a jet, the Roadster isn't burning any fuel because it doesn't have to. When SpaceX's Falcon Heavy rocket launched on February 6, 2018, it gave the sports car an initial boost in speed, sort of like a slingshot that's been powering it through space ever since. And by November, that boost got it all the way to Mars. But Mars is just the first step of many. The Roadster is currently on an elliptical path around the Sun, taking it past Venus and Mercury too. It completes one full orbit about every 557 days and is scheduled to finish its first orbit before the end of 2019. Now, if nothing unexpected happens, like a miniature asteroid strike that could pummel the car to pieces, researchers predict that the Roadster will orbit the Sun for the next few million years, unless intercepted by, let's say, another SpaceX rocket. Sadly, it's too small and too far away to see in the night sky, even with the aid of a huge telescope, but eventually, it will make its way back to Earth. A team at the University of Toronto projected the Roadster's orbit decades into the future, and they discovered that in the year 2091, it will likely pass close enough to Earth that we'll be able to see it through a powerful telescope like the PanSTARRS telescope in Hawaii. But if you don't want to wait that long, well, you can easily track the Roadster online. Fans like Ben Pearson use NASA data to project the car's location through space. For now, the convertible will continue its long drive around the inner solar system, and perhaps if humans make it to Mars like Musk hopes, we might even see the Roadster on our way there. It sounds like a superhero origin story for a new Marvel movie, but it's actually real. A group of Chinese scientists have developed an injectable nanoparticle that will give you superhuman near-infrared vision. It's an amazing discovery that could enable any mammal to see in the dark. The research team from the University of Science and Technology of China and the University of Massachusetts Medical School published the results of their stunning work in the scientific journal Cell recently. The nanoparticle is an ocular photoreceptor that gets injected into the eye. I know it sounds scary, but once it's in there, the nanoparticle anchors to the retinal photoreceptors as near-infrared light transducers. This is awesome. In other words, it captures NIR light and sends it as visible light to your retina, which allows your eye to see in the dark. According to the team, the nanoparticles don't affect your regular daylight vision. It's just that when the night comes, you just keep seeing in the dark, like, well, almost like it's day. In black and white, but uh, you will see just fine. In fact, the team discovered that not only will you be able to see in the dark, but you will see the NIR light patterns as well. If you're a museum thief, for instance, all those alarm beams will be a piece of cake if you have these nanoparticles in your eyes. The scientists also found out that the nanoparticles didn't stay in the eyes forever. They continued to work for about 10 weeks. The team also found out that there was no side effects on the vision or any damage to the eye itself. The team says that theoretically, 
you can create other nanoparticles that will allow you to convert other invisible light spectrums, like ultraviolet, into visible light. While you will not be able to go to your local eye doctor and get an injection to get superhuman vision anytime soon at least, this discovery has huge implications, not only for fun, in stealing paintings at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, but to help people. One simple example, humans lose night vision as they get older, so that will be an obvious application. Scientists have discovered yet another breakthrough technology, this time a way to pull CO2 from the atmosphere and turn it back into coal. This new discovery has the potential to change the way we think about CO2. The research recently published in the journal Nature Communications provides a step-by-step -step guide in turning CO2 into coal, acting to remove the greenhouse gas from the atmosphere and lock it away in solid carbon form. Carbon sequestration, the act of removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and locking it away is a growing field aimed at mitigating climate change. Major oil and gas companies like Shell are spending billions of dollars to develop carbon sequestration plants that store CO2 in porous reservoirs within Earth. However, this approach is expensive and it requires CO2 to be compressed into liquid form and injected into rock formations within the Earth. Due to the cost of this approach, well, it's not economically viable without heavy subsidies and or a carbon tax to help offset costs. The recent development adds another method to effectively lock away carbon dioxide in a safe and long-term way. This isn't the first time scientists converted carbon dioxide into a solid form, however. Previous techniques required extremely high temperatures, making the approach not practical beyond a laboratory setting. To convert CO2 from from the atmosphere into solid carbon coal, the researchers used a serum containing liquid metal catalysts, which is uniquely efficient at conducting electricity and has specific properties. When the researchers electrically charged a vessel with CO2 and the liquid metal, the carbon dioxide began to convert into small flakes of coal. The solid carbon flakes naturally detach from the liquid metal and fall to the bottom of the vessel allowing for continual production of solid carbon from carbon dioxide. The end product can also hold an electrical charge, meaning it could be used as a supercapacitor after the process. Carbon sequestration, the act of removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and converting it to a liquid or solid form, presents an appealing approach to mitigating climate change. As humans continue to emit carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, an inexpensive and large-scale method to remove CO2 from the atmosphere would provide an ideal solution. While we can't literally turn back time, turning carbon dioxide back into coal and burying it back in the ground is a bit like rewinding the emissions clock. That came from RMIT researcher David Torben. He uh, said in a press release recently, the international research team from Germany, China, the US, and Australia believes this is a first step towards an abundant and inexpensive method to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and repurpose it as a solid coal. More than anything else, adult smartphone users in the U.S. wish their devices had longer battery lives. 
Uh, I know I do. Evener Telecom appears to have had that desire in mind while developing the PowerMax P18K Pop Smartphone for Energizer. And if you like your slim little cell phone, well, I hope you're willing to give that up for more battery life. The French telecom company unveiled the new phone at the 2019 Mobile World Congress recently, and it's an absolute beast of a device containing what they claim in a press release is the highest capacity battery ever seen in a smartphone. But don't expect it to fit in well, any of your pockets. The Energizer smartphone features a 18,000 milliamp hour battery. That's enough to last 50 days on standby. The iPhone X contains a 2,700 milliamp hour battery for comparison, giving the P18K Pop more than six times the capacity. If you want to actually use the P18K Pop, you could spend 90 hours making calls, listen to 100 hours of music, and watch 48 straight hours of video on just one charge. That's according to the company. Beyond this long-lasting battery, the phone also includes 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, and five cameras, two of which are front-facing. The trade-off for all of the P18K Pop's battery life comes in its size. The phone is a whopping 18 millimeters thick. That's well over double the thickness of an iPhone X, which is 7.7 millimeters. Still, if you're willing to forego some form for function, the new Energizer smartphone could be worth keeping an eye on. And according to the company who built it, it'll be taking orders for the device at Mobile World Congress with plans to begin deliveries sometime this summer. Startups do it, Amazon does it, and now even FedEx is doing it. Experimenting with robots for short-range deliveries. The company officially announced its new FedEx same-day bot, which it says could help make last-mile deliveries more efficient. The same-day bot is battery-powered, has a top speed of 10 miles an hour, and is autonomous, meaning it can steer itself around pedestrians and traffic using a combination of LiDAR sensors like those found in self-driving cars and even regular cameras. FedEx says it will initially use the bot to take packages between the company's offices in its headquarters in Memphis, pending approval from local government. But if these trials are successful, it wants to expand the service to other companies and retailers, eventually making robots a standard part of same-day delivery service. The company says it's currently in talks with firms including AutoZone, Lowe's, Pizza Hut, Target, Walgreens, and Walmart to assess their need for the this sort of robot delivery. On average, says FedEx, more than 60% of customers for these retailers live within three miles of a store, the perfect range for a little wheeled robot. FedEx is far from the only company experimenting with short-range delivery bots, though. A number of startups and large firms have begun trials with similar technology. We've talked about a lot of them here on your weekly tech update. Though it's not clear if such robots will be economical to deploy at scale or if they can be integrated safely 
into cities. San Francisco was an early testing ground for such bots, but municipal legislators ended up restricting their movements as a nuisance. Other cities and states have been keen to encourage their use. Same Day Bot does have some features that make it stand out from the crowd, though. It was developed with the help of engineer Dean Kamen, who previously created the Segway and Stair Climbing Upright Wheelchair iBot. And you can see the legacy of Kamen's work in FedEx's robot, which uses multiple pairs of wheels to climb up stairs and curbs. A video commercial for the bot also shows that it has screens on the front and back to communicate with pedestrians. A screen on the front says hello, while the screen on the back indicates its direction of travel and whether or not it's about to stop. Self-driving car makers have experimented with similar technology, saying that they help reduce accidents and misunderstandings between humans and machines. A Canadian utility has agreed to test technology developed by a Florida startup to extract hydrogen from seawater, a process that, if it works, could provide a new source of clean energy for coastal communities. NB Power, the largest electric utility in the maritime province of New Brunswick, will test the proprietary technology from Joy Scientific Incorporated. The startup has released few details of how its hydrogen 2.0 process works, but Chief Executive Officer Traver Kennedy said it's uh, more efficient than electrolysis and doesn't require pre-treating the seawater. This could be huge. The hydrogen will be burned in internal combustion engines to generate electricity for the power company. That came from Geaton Thomas, ND Power's chief executive officer. The utility sees Joy's technology as a potential way to back up clean power and cut carbon dioxide emissions. And finally, happening in this week's What The, a couple is shocked and upset after what was supposed to be the greatest day of their lives. It was a brazen theft with a hundred wedding guests around. Video captured Saturday at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel in Monrovia shows a wedding crasher in a suit pacing around the venue. He is seen grabbing a box off a table and walking away. The newlywed couple says that box was filled with cash gifts that friends and family left for them. Anthony noticed the box was missing towards the end of the night and called hotel security. He was shocked to see the video of a stranger holding their gift box. The couple filed a police report, and a friend started a fundraising campaign through GoFundMe to try and recoup some of their losses. The groom said, material-wise, it does hurt, but me and my wife were happy. We just don't want this to happen to anyone else. It might be a long shot, but they're hoping that the man in the video will have a change of heart and return their gifts after this video makes it all over the internet. The exact amount stolen is unknown, but the police report says the loss is estimated at around $10,000. If caught, the suspect could face a charge of felony grand theft. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think we should feature on the program, you need to send me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out the podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Audioburst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world.
your weekly tech update brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax. 